You are listening to How's Your Mother with Kendra Cunningham. And how are you? And how is your mother? And that's what I should be saying. Um, Guys, I am so late to doing this intro. I had the best conversation with Micah Fox. It's probably like a week ago now. It's so embarrassing. I don't know. I just, I get sidetracked. Um, I did have two shows this weekend, so I have a little bit of an excuse. I was in uh, Port Jefferson, Long Island on Friday night at Theater 3, and then last night I was in Pottstown, Pennsylvania at Soul Jewel's new club, which, by the way, if you live anywhere near there, it's an amazing, you gotta go. The building itself is just insane. There's like this huge ballroom. He has a beautiful, gorgeous restaurant. It's just, it's really, really cool. So if you're anywhere near Pottstown, Pennsylvania, please go check out Soul Jewel's new um, establishment. Um... I'm going to tell you this. If you want to see me do stand-up comedy, um, and I'm, I'm assuming uh, that you do, since you listen to this podcast, I want to tell everybody I'm going to take most of August off. So come and see me. I'll tell you all the shows that you can come and see me at. Um, probably, I don't think I have any this week, actually. But... Um, Right, July 16th, you can come to Young Ethel's in Brooklyn. I'm doing a pop-up. I'm going to be selling vintage clothes and t-shirts, hoodies, coasters, notebooks that I designed. July 17th, the Westside Comedy Club. July 20th, I'm at Madison Theater in Rockville, New York. July 23rd, Young Ethel's. That's a show at 5 p.m. early on a Sunday. July 25th, Brooklyn. It's spelled Brooklyn, L-A-N, and that's in Brooklyn. <laughs> All this stuff is on my uh, Instagram. July 30th, I'll be in Austin, Texas, Creek in the Cave, uh, part of the Austin Comedy Film Festival. Me and Leah Bonham have our Dawn's piece streaming in that, and it's also streaming July 16th at the Oregon Film Festival. So if you're near any of those two places, if you're in Austin, please come. Introduce yourself, say hello. August 1st, Broad Squad, Young Ethels, that's it. I'm taking most of August off. I'm going to try to, no, I'm not going to try. I'm going to do it. I'm going to shoot, um, a proof of concept for an idea I have for a mockumentary that I've been dying to do and a story enough about me this conversation you're gonna love it Micah Fox is hysterical I think first of all before you even go any further go to Instagram right now and go to her Instagram page she posts a lot of very funny um not only videos but also jokes uh, just, you know, text it to text, however you want to say it. Um, it is at Micah Fox, M-Y-K-A-F-O-X. She has a very funny podcast as well. And that she does that with her boyfriend, Tim. Great hang. Check that out. Um, but more importantly, just listen to her. She's funny. She's hysterical. Oh, she has a new special that's going to be coming out too, I think, in the next six months. She just shot it. So I guess I'm guessing six months. Micah Fox, very funny. And I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you do too. Guys, always feel free to rate the podcast. No one's rated the podcast in like years. <laughs> you know, it just even if even if you give it a thumbs down. No, don't do that. But I'm just saying, it'd be nice to have some activity in the in the um, review section. If you do give a review, message me on Instagram and I will send you something. I shit you not, I will send you something. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Here's an awesome conversation with the fabulous Micah Fox. You know, there's something about that little 
voice that announces the recording and product. It's just so sweet. You have already crumbled to the AI overlords. <laughs> I really you, are. You already prefer their voice to ours. I really, you know what? I will say that there's something about a computerized voice that really feels a little bit like cutting edge to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, look, and I even have computers working for me. That's yeah. right. Recording, That's right. recording my uh, conversations. Slavery uh, is once again legal and it is at your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Oh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting point of view. I can be, I can really be cracking the whip on these computers here. That's right. Um, Micah Fox, how are you? I'm great. I'm ha- I'm talking to Kendra Cunningham. Who, how could I be better? Listen, I already, I know I already complimented you before we started the recording, but you're looking fabulous. I'm Thank loving you. the style. And I love now, did you, were you wearing this all day or did you get dressed for the video? For the video, uh, all okay. day I was wearing a Rihanna t-shirt that I got from a 420 meme site um, of her sitting on her bodybuilder's shoulders, rolling a blunt on his bald head. Um, and I've, I've been wearing that shirt for four days straight. And I was like, you know what? This is a good reason. Put on a clean shirt for Kendra. But I got to say that I want it, I will now Google that shirt because it sounds like an amazing image because you're you are a weed smoker yeah yes yes yeah i, I can legally say that now <laughs> is it would you are, are you a daily consumer or, or almost yeah you know i'll forget to every now and then sometimes yeah. i'm just too busy don't think of it but and usually. is it a, is your preference um smoking or do you do edibles or what's yeah, I like smoking. I mean, I wish edibles were like better at it. I wish you ate it and you knew right away. And then yeah. that was it, you know, yeah. like, but no, they're a fucking whole other ball game. They're like, oh, you ate a meatball earlier. Well, now you're fucked. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I just wanted to get high a little bit. Yeah, no, I know. I can't. I don't really gamble with that stuff anymore because I've had too many just like to me, I get almost scared when I'm too high. You know what I yes. mean? Like, I'm like, I, it can, I, I, people yeah. don't talk about it, but weed is a very strong drug and yeah. it can be terrifying when you're too high. It like, and there is, there's nothing you can do to get yourself down. It's like, people don't, people don't take it seriously, but it's a very, it's a, it's a psychedelic. Yeah. I'm it with you. It can make you hallucinate. Like it is not for all times and all purposes and all strengths. I agree. And I think that like, I feel like if you do too much Coke and then you say to people, oh, I'm freaking out. Like people are much more sympathetic than, <laughs> than, than if you don't. Not the people I talk to. Everyone's like, you <laughs> fucking dirtbag. Drink a drink. I don't know. I guess in my, in my head, uh, I think. I'm always, if it has to do with weed and I feel like I'm out of control and I'm nervous, I'm way more hesitant to announce it to the people I'm with because I feel like I shouldn't be, this is just weed. I shouldn't be so whatever. Yeah, it is embarrassing. And that's also the paranoia. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I I prefer to smoke a joint over anything else, but I do, I will admit that I have not I really haven't been smoking a lot of weed lately. 
I've been trying to uh, just, I'm trying to get focused on, I feel like sometimes it, when I'm not in a great headspace, it'll make me sadder than sad instead of happy. Sure. Yeah. 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 It, any psychedelic, it depends on where you are mentally before the trip. Right. 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 And yeah, it's a mistake to, th- to not think of it as a psychedelic at a hundred percent is. And it can usually I I'm so used to it. Like, but sometimes I'll smoke it. I'll be feeling great. And I'll have one hit. I'll be like, Oh fuck. Now I'm fucked. You know, just one hit. And I'm like, I know like I'm about to go out to a show and I'm like, fuck now I have to like go see all these people and perform and my heart is right you know and I smoke all the time right and so, it just will just hit you like differently yeah. I, could never, I could never smoke before I perform I think I did like twice in my life and it was a, a disaster yeah. um yeah. wait you do do you do other psychedelics do you do mushrooms and stuff I do mushrooms like these are not that's not something I do regularly but I've done it like many times uh, okay so, so I'll do it like a few times a year. Right. And have you ever done like the whole microdosing thing? For mushrooms? Yeah. Y- yeah, actually that so maybe more than a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, like sometimes like I don't think to do it on my own because I every all the mushrooms I've ever owned are always like these dark craggly ones covered in the blue whatever shit and they're like this will fuck you up. I'm like I don't know. Like <laughs> But like uh, a friend of mine gave me like a piece of a stem and I like had just a piece and had like the most lovely floaty. I thought you had to like go the whole way to feel it, but you don't actually. That's interesting. I've been, I've been contemplating doing that. um, But like, you know, they have the things now where you can go to an actual place Oh, like, yeah. And then they'll like, you know, kind of like a shaman experience. Yeah. Well, no, but like, even like, I think they have them in New York. I know they have them in New Hampshire where like, you'll go to this place and like, they'll give you the mushrooms and you kind of sit in there. I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's It's almost like you're getting monitored by while you're doing it. I don't know. I listen, that is not for me. I do not need some stranger now monitoring me while I do mushrooms. That sounds actually terrifying. You know, like just some random fucking strip mall monitor like room where I'm trapped. Absolutely not. But like, I do listen to these science podcasts, you know, by the way, you just convinced me to never do that. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Good. Because who the fuck are these people? Oh, like, you know what I mean? Now you're all fucked up and locked in a room with them. I can't, I couldn't possibly, wouldn't be me. Suddenly I'm on like some sort of psychedelic porn site. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, what were you going to say about the scientists? <laughs> oh, just that, um, you know, that there's like all these purported benefits of taking psychedelics, you know, like a cure depression and blah, 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 blah. But like, they do not mean when you take some with your friends and go by a lake, that is not like, I think you can have some ease in those things, but like, they're like, no, you have just as good a chance as fucking your shit up doing that. Like, right, 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 right. They mean like in a monitored situation with like, like what you were saying in the strip mall, but like <laughs> with a scientific bent, not just like doctor, doctor care, you know? <laughs> Oh my God. I'm going to, that's the whole thing. I feel like one of my biggest 
pet peeves about myself is that I have this recurring problem that I don't ask enough questions when I get involved. In <laughs> and I feel like that is a great question for me to now ask if I ever do it. Are you located in a strip mall? Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to show up for my prepaid mushroom appointment and be like, oh my God, I'm next to the, the freaking whatever that pretzel shop used to be like if it was in Joshua tree and blah, blah, blah. Like, but even then, like, it doesn't matter. I remember once, uh, we went on a mushroom, like a trip to, um, Woodstock specifically to go do mushrooms in all of nature's glory. And it was a beautiful trip, but like a lot of the people there were first timers and I was not. And so I was like sort of this de facto leader, but the leader should not be doing mushrooms. I did. I immediately, I was having a great time. Then I had some weird pain in my foot, immediately started spiraling about this pain in my foot. Oh my, but I'm like trying to put on a brave and I'm leading like 10 other people just pretending like I'm having, I'm having a terrible trip. Now, did you know all these other people? I I knew them all. They were friends. They were comics. And you know what I mean? Like everyone, Everyone was having a great tip. I did have to talk one person out of the toilet. I was like, you have to stop staring into the toilet. But um, for the most part, it was a, oh a good God. time. I would be like, so I would also just be afraid that I would like start telling people things about them that I probably didn't want them to know. Oh, <laughs> like a truth serum. Yes. What? I don't know. Does that ever happen with mushrooms? I have no idea. I mean, I've done mushrooms before, but not in a while. I mean, it. there's a euphoria that comes. You might get that like drunken, like, I love you. And I see the energy in you and you're a beautiful, you know, you could, you can kind of start to do that shit, but it's usually. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, you owe me 20 bucks from three years ago when you said you were going to do this thing. You, I mean, you might. Yeah. If that's, if that's your strongest feeling about that person, that may very well be what comes out. It would be kind of fun if you knew if there were mushrooms that were like, do you want to like spend 20 minutes getting rid of your rage? Take this one. Do you (laughs) want to take, you know, because I I feel like I have a rage that I would like to clean out and I don't know how to really purge it all at once. Really? You don't, I, you don't strike me as the rageful type, which makes sense that then, then you have to have rage purged. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example of something that's really like making me angry lately. I called my, um, I went to an ENT and they gave me a sample of this nose spray, you know, and I was to take every night because I was waking up congested. Anyways, it worked awesome. And I would wake up every morning and I was like, I could breathe. I felt like a different person. Yeah. Breathe through my nostrils. I felt like totally different. Long story short, I run out of it. I call them. I say, can you have her call me in a prescription for this? They say, sure. No problem. A week later, Still no prescription. So I call back. I said, hey, can you have her call me in this prescription? They go, yeah, no problem. I go, well, just so you know, I called last week and nobody did anything. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, we'll make sure to do it. And now I'm getting like, I'm getting aggravated. Yeah. I go to, I go to the pharmacy. They're like, oh no, they didn't call. They didn't call it in the right way. So now I have to call three times. And I'm like, I'm going to, like, it was one of those things I wanted to be like, Hey, listen, if it's going to take me three times to get a prescription out of you, like, tell me that on my first visit, be like, we love to have new patients, but just so you know, you got to call us three times before you get your prescription. (laughs) And then I wouldn't be so aggravated, but now I'm like, I got to put it, I'm micromanaging Dr. Subin's 
staff. Yes. Yeah. Just give me the, and, and then I get mad at myself because I'm like, I'm getting really fucking aggravated that I don't have my nose spray. I'm like, these are the things that make me angry. Nose spray. Maybe if you could breathe better, you'd have more patience. I mean, (laughs) I don't, you know, this is not your, you know. Yeah. Anything medical gets me up here immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I am, I'm sensitive and ailing and help me. And I came to you for help. And now I'm helping you. It is up, up here every time. I'm sensitive and ailing. What sign, <laughs> what sign are you again? Oh, it's too embarrassing. You know what? Actually, I'm coming to embrace it. Um, I'm a cancer. Oh, that is a very sensitive sign. I know. And I, but they're hard on the outside. So they don't want to be known as being right. cancers. I'm making this con- connection right now. So I, also, you, I don't believe in this, but. So yet. you, did you just have a birthday or you have it like. I will. I'm at the, I'm at the end. I'm actually on the last day of cancer season. Oh, okay. So what's that? July 21st. Oh, ah, all right. Good to know. I'll make a little note here. You yeah. know, it's so funny. My, um, an, an old boss of mine who I saw last night, um, his birthday is July 21st. He's going to be 88 years old. Holy cow. Isn't that crazy. That's great. And yeah. July, tw- I know a lot of July 21st were all incredible. <laughs> You should. You could have a, a little group about that. I'd watch that movie. Just you know what I? I think it is. It's because it's seven twenty-one. It's just such a lucky number. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's so true. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's like. I feel like we just went off and running, but I never really got to ask the questions that I love to ask. Which um, I feel like I've known you for a long time. I don't really remember how, when, and how we met. But do you have any idea? Um, I want to say it must have been around the time I was going to the duplex open mic. Oh, okay. I don't know if we met there or even if you went there. Yeah, I did sometimes. Yeah. But I feel like that was like the group of people that I associate when I think of how we met at first. Right. Which is probably what? 10? How many years do you think? A long time ago. Yeah. Maybe somewhere between 2010 and 2000 and. 14. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, and when did you come to New York? Uh, the very last week, the very last month of 2004. So almost 2005. Oh, wow. I've been here a long time. Yeah. And you were in Arizona before you came here or you were somewhere else? No, I uh, was in California first. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I went to UC Irvine and then I lived in LA. Oh, I didn't know that. Briefly, I was in LA for like nine months before I was like, this is disgusting. (laughs) And were you doing comedy then? I was taking improv classes. Ah. So I, but like, I knew I wanted to be a comedian, but I just, I didn't know how to get in. Right, right, right. And when you were in in high school, did you do, were you, what did you do in high, what were you doing in high school? Like, what were you up to? So it was like, I was doing theater. You know, oh. and and I was writing and and doing the, and that sort of stuff. But I was not succeeding in theater. Like I was not getting cast in plays. I was in um, I was the vocal ensemble for four years. I oh. you know I was a little show showgirl. So you sing? Not anymore, but I I did sing. Oh wow! And you, know. you have a twin brother. I do. And did your twin brother also participate? Not in the same thing. He played guitar and was in a band in high school. Oh, okay. 
So, and, and did you guys like, like, did you guys hang out together in high school or? Maybe towards the end of high school, like, you know, like I liked his friends and, you know, some of his friends were like cute guys. And like, I would go see his band perform because that was fun. And it was kind of like a way to get into a bar as an underage person. Right. Right. Yeah. That's fun. So, and what about, were your parents creative types? Um, you know, like they both played the drums oddly, but not to any like extreme level of skill. You know, I think my mom was a dilettante. My dad was perhaps a more adept, you know, and my dad will sit in with bands sometimes, but it's hard to say if like, he's just being humored. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Now, but so you had like a drum set in the house or? No, he would play like the bongos and the conga. So it's like not even like real, like drum skill. Oh my God, I love it. But we did have a drum set in the house for my brother's band because the band practiced at our house. Oh, okay. And were they, how did your parents, were they supportive of you in your theatrical endeavors in high school? Yeah, I mean, I was like, it was like the support came early. Like I was in uh city theater stuff starting as young as like eight and I was sent to like acting camps you know like I had the benefit of um invested parents in that way yeah oh that's so nice I didn't know any of that about you for some reason I had I pictured you I pictured you to be honest I pictured you more of a partier in high school I really wasn't yeah. I, I never got high until college. I got drunk a few times, but I did not have like cool enough friends to be a partier. Like, okay. my, my senior year, I started getting invited to stuff, but and it wasn't you, the vibe. Right, right, right. And would you say that you were always funny? Um, my friends would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would say that. I don't, but like my the my, the friends that I did have did describe me as funny. People always right. describe me as funny. Right. Yeah. And when you were doing theater and stuff like that, were you drawn to com- comedy at that early age? Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't come across as, even though you just said that you're a cancer and everything, I don't see you as being somebody who maybe cries a lot. I'm really not. Yeah. I'm re- yeah. Like, but I, I will cry, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm not either, but are you, is it you and your brother and the, are there other siblings? I have an older sister as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she did theater with, we, she's, she was in it first and then I followed. Yeah. Ah, I see. And does she cry? I bet she cries more than me. She seems more like generally in touch with her feminine side. Emotionally intelligent. Um. I don't know if any of us became very emotionally intelligent, but <laughs> I, you know, I, maybe I'm, sh- maybe I'm shorting us, but uh, yeah, I, I would, I, she is emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Like, and especially she, where you know, is she? she's in San Diego. Oh, nice. Do you ever go out there? Yeah. Yeah. I've been a bunch of times. So I have a niece now. And so, Aww. you know, that's so cute. He looks just like me and acts just like me when I was a kid. And so it's like fascinating. Oh, that's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Now, have you done comedy in San Diego? I haven't. I haven't done it. I've never done it in Arizona either, where I'm from. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. kind of keep family separate from comedy. It's... <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Well, 
Um, so then when you went to college, did you, what'd you go to college for? Um, I went to college to get out of my home. <laughs> that was the primary the goal. Primary, yeah. And, um, mostly succeeded there. I, I didn't understand what college was when I got there. So like the idea that, um, you pick a major and then like that becomes the majority of your classes and a whole, like none of that was on my radar when I got there. So I, like, I knew you had a major minor, but I thought that was something you picked like your senior year, what you wrote a thesis on. Like, I really didn't understand that that was like, you really spent most of your time focusing on that stuff. Um, so I picked majors or I picked them at, I picked psychology Mm -hmm. and I hated that actually. No, I hated it. It sucked. I I was like, Oh, or everyone's just kind of guessing. Sounds (laughs) like this is not science at all. And is actually terrifying that people are just like, oh, here's some random symptoms. Why don't we call it this? And I'm right, like, right. It's like, well, how did that happen? Oh, we don't know. How do you fix it? Oh, we don't know that either. It's like, oh, fuck you then. What is this? <laughs> what, is, what is this exactly? You know, and, it, you know, even since I've graduated, they've changed the names of mental illnesses and the, the conditions of it. So it's like so much of what I learned was like, yeah, we were just kind of guessing. Guessing, yeah. So I got a minor in linguistics, which I, I did find very interesting. Oh, that is really interesting. So did you study foreign languages with that? Or what what do you study with linguistics? Well, I focused on phonology, which is like the study of how um, the sounds are connected to create words and like the different universal laws that all languages follow. Ah. And there's like it's it's perhaps like the most mathematical you're going to get with letters. Ah, interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I don't know anything about that, but do you ever, do you ever talk about that kind of stuff in your comedy? Um, no, I think if I, if I ever were, it would, it would just be to about that time in my life, as opposed to like, like, I'm not going to Gallagher it and just being like, <laughs> though, thou, you know, but like, I'm not gonna, like, it's been done. Like, and I fully loved that stuff when I watched it as a kid, because I like phonology i just don't think it's like specifically very funny to a lot of people (laughs) i mean dude but a lot of comedy is kind of going that simple route lately don't you think that doesn't mean we have to kendra i agree i 100 percent agree but it's like it kind of um to me i feel like the you know, the label that people put on com- stand-up comedy now is not really what I consider stand-up comedy. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I mean, you're also, I know you're very concerned about these TikTok comics. And, um, I, you know, I don't consider that stand-up comedy. Right. So it's not stand-up comedy. They're like, there's a unique unique risk to being in a live in front of a live audience that TikTok comics never face, and you just can't compare them. And I agree, the but yeah, but the, but the the thing I guess the reason that I'm saying stand up comedy is because sometimes these TikTok people or they not leave even, the app, they leave they, the app, <laughs> they leave the app, and How, they I know it's they, disgusting. They, they suddenly, show up in real life, and they and they are suddenly at clubs, actually, yeah. but they some. some and they sell out. That doesn't make it stand up comedy. That makes it a live performance of their TikTok. No, I mean, right. you know, some of them maybe are good. I, you know, I don't want to like 
I guess, I guess, you know what, I think just, it's just coming to me now through this dialogue with you is that I think the thing that really irks me, it's not, it's not so much that they're being stand-up comics. It's that people seem to like that better than comedy. And that makes me crazy because stand-up comedy, I really still believe is such like a unique craft that is hard to be good at. Yes. And it seems like people don't care enough, uh, as much about it as they used to uh, at that particular crap. Anyway. I'm, I mean, you're right. But like opera used to be the pinnacle of entertainment. All right. And imagine these opera stars seeing stand-up comics being like, they didn't even train for <laughs> a million years. All they did was get on stage and drink with their friends until they like laughed at their own fart jokes or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it's not new. And uh, like, we are we getting dumber and lamer? Yes. You know, I don't know. I don't. Well, I, I, you know what? I'm glad I I like that you have, that it doesn't bother you. It's nice to talk to somebody who doesn't let them bother, let it bother them the way that it bothers me. So thank you. Oh, well, (laughs) thank you for being that. I feel like, um, I feel like if we were taking mushrooms, you'd be helping me we stop staring in the toilet right now. There we go. <laughs> I, you know, like the, the beauty of what TikTok can show us is that is something you should aspire to, which is that it means that anyone can find their audience. And so, you know what, those people who would prefer to see a TikTok, I don't know. No, you're right. You know, you're right. You're right. I need to, I, I, I think it's makes me want to be more. Um, it makes me care in some weird way, it makes me care less about um, being super prepared and polished, like about things. But mm. I also feel like I never thought that that could be fun for me. And now, like when I go to shows, and I'm like, you know, I'm not. I know I have some ideas of the things that I'm going to talk about, but I actually have a little bit more fun being relaxed. Uh, you know. I do know. Yeah. Yeah. I um I actually filmed a, a special on Monday. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. <laughs> and uh I had four days to prepare. And so for something like that, you'd want to be very polished. And um, truth be told, I wish I I wish I was more polished for that. That's not how it shook out, you know what I mean? But like for something like that, a taping where you you have the opportunity to say exactly what you want to say, how you want to say it, that is something to po- be polished for. But then the the next night I had the opportunity to perform in a basement in Bushwick and I'd already taped all my jokes and I could say whatever I want. And let me tell you how much more fun I had and also how much better my performance was in that basement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, I really, um, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, to me, I never really did anything creative in my life till I started doing stand up. So, I mean, really? I mean, I did, I, I shouldn't say that I did do, you know, I liked, I always liked to write, but I didn't, I never was in plays or when I, I was like, a, you know, I was an athlete in college. I mean, an athlete in high school and in college, I just, you know, did what I had to do and waited to go out at night, um, and party, you know, and, and then I got a job, you know, but anyways, point being to me, it's really fascinating as somebody who really got into their creativity from stand up, 
to have been doing stand-up for as long as I have and still feel like, I guess in my mind, I always kind of felt like someday I will master this and I won't have anything more to learn. And like, I feel like I still am like, I'm still trying. I didn't even realize it till this, that I, I like, I was never like, I was always kind of like, I, I would go to shows and like, no matter where I was. And I would like, be like, I know exactly what I'm going to say for the, the eight to 10 minutes that they put me on. Yeah. I would barely ever like relax and like, kind of like be like, ah, fuck it or whatever. Yeah. Now I'm like, Oh, actually that feels pretty fucking good. You know? Yeah. Feels well, much yeah. more in line. That's great. I mean, the last time I saw you at your show, you were incredible. And you said that that was a new thing, a new bit you were working on. So thank you. Oh, that was my, my uh, share thing. That's that's such a great story. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a great story. But I like that. I like that room um, because it feels very, it feels like kind of like a little party, you know? Yeah. It did feel like a party. Safe party. Um, all right, enough about that. Um okay. so, <laughs> listen, so the special taping went well. Oh, yeah, I think so. It's over and done with. And why did you why did it come up so quickly? So um are you allowed uh, to say? Yeah, I you know, I, I don't think it's um I hope I didn't sign an NDA, so okay. Um a production company, you know, uh, is making a series of specials to then sell to a streamer, you know? Right. And, um, so they had all these specials booked and different sets built and all this stuff. And, um, at the last minute, one of the comics had to drop out due to a family emergency and they, you know, they don't want to lose a 12th of what they've just invested in. Right. You know, can we find somebody else to perform an hour long special with four days notice? Um, and they, I, I was called and just was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Just, you awesome. know, like, it's like terrifying. I'm like, you know, in theory, you know, you're special. You prepare, you tour it on the road for months and then you'd promote it for months. So that way your audience is, you know, involved and there and supportive and everything's pinned down and you know exactly what you're, I had none of that. Um, for better or worse, you know, like it's not what I envisioned for my first comedy special, but it, I mean, life is short. Yeah. I mean, you kind of can't say no, you can't, you can't, you can't say no to such a uh, random lucky phone call that everything's already all set up for you. I didn't have to, I didn't have to bet any of my material, which is like how I got paid nicely the money is already in my bank i got paid half of it the second i signed a contract the contract looks i read it myself reasonable like i own my material like they don't you know what i mean it's so i was like i was like how am i going to get fucked here and it it really all seemed like upsides other than let's say it does go out and becomes popular and it's just the worst comedy special you've ever seen and now i look like an asshole but even now in this tiktok era it's like even being scandalously bad would be better for my career than being known as much as I am now. Yep. I mean, I have to, I have to agree. I mean, yeah, you know, like it is. 
people who are famously bad are booked so much more and make so much more money than I ever will be. Right. So fuck it. What's the downside? Right. right. I don't want to be bad. Right. Well, it's not going to be bad because you're funny and but like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it will never be as bad as people who are actually bad. Right, 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 right. When will, do you know when that'll be? They're editing it now. I only filmed it Monday. You know, they were still filming some over the weekend. No, Mm. the next, the last couple of days got, it's, I can't believe. Where where was it again? It was filmed at a venue called Garwoods. I mean, it was at Crossroads in a place called, in Garwood, New Jersey. Okay. Was it a cool venue? It was a it was a great venue. It seated like eighty to hundred, so it was like oh, really perfect. intimate and nice. There was like a bunch of cameras. The set looked gorgeous. Like oh. it's gonna look, I think, really incredible. Right, right, right. And did you know any of the other comics? The um the comic that taped the night I did. They're doing two comics a night. I know Renan Hirschberg. Oh, okay. He's great. Um, and I I didn't get to see his because I was in a makeup chair for the whole time, but um. <laughs> And then, like, Wendy Liebman did one, which I'm, like, a huge fan. So when I saw that, I was like, wait, I'm in a series of specials with Wendy Liebman. That's and Tommy Tiernan and uh, Tom Tom Cotter, like, some really, like, vets. Right. So, so, but, like, I'm like, how am I the youngest person in this series? (laughs) (laughs) Like, me and Renan, and then everyone's, like, in their 60s easy. So it was really funny. That's so fun. Well, congratulations. I'm excited. I, I will be very excited to see it. Um, so I know you said you, you don't have Austin in the books yet, but I'm supposed to go. I'm just, you know, Karen was like, come mooch off my success. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will, you know, uh, but I don't have, will she be there? She is going to be opening for Jim Norton all weekend. Oh, okay. And so like, was just basically like, come i'm sure we can figure out spots for you and right 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 yeah. um and uh, what about i guess my only other question is um you know i feel like did you have you ever done like short films um like as not really like i guess like I worked like in the production side of stuff just when I was getting my footing, but like as like a writer, no, as mm-hmm. an actor, not really. No. It's so funny because I love, you know, I love all of your comedy, but a lot of the comedy that I love of yours is like, you know, like you said before, it has a, a lot of it is, has a story to it mm. and it really translates very visually when you're listening, you automatically, at least for me, I automatically kind of visualize it. Oh, great. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's why I was wondering, like, if you ever did that. that. It's honestly not maybe not short films, but like my I think my larger aspiration is to write something more cinematic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I I haven't done that yet. You know, I I hope maybe soon. Yeah. This is the conversation that's going to get me (laughs) doing that. Why not? Well, I mean, it only makes sense because you know how to produce. Um, and you're in, you know, New York city, there's, you have plenty of people around and you could get something done in a day with five people. And, um, you know, yeah, I just need to write the script and 
you know, like at my day job, I sit there and write scripts and make little short things all day, every day. Like, and you're right. right I have a, a million contacts. I know it's all waiting for me. It's really like about getting over my own shit and writing a script. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope that you do it because, and you put yourself in it because I think that that would be, um, you know, uh, nice for me, like, a what, what, what's the other, what's the way I'm, I can't think of the words that I want to say, but basically like just, uh, another way to, um, highlight your creativity and express yourself in that way. And I think that would, I think your stuff would really translate well in that genre. Thanks. You know, not that I, not that I have any pulse, not that what I think matters, but just as a, a, a comedy, um, fan observer and, uh, all that jazz. That's my, well, you're an incredible actress. So if I ever, if I do write something, I know, I know I can go to you. You're really, you're very kind. Um, I think that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I told you this last time I taught, I, I saw you, but I've been taking these intuition classes. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably why I didn't tell you. Um, because I knew you'd be like, okay, whatever. Okay. But like just the term intuition classes, <laughs> is that not an oxymoron? I know. I know. That- I, guess, I, I guess I'm, Maybe I should say it a different way, but oh I, my it is, it is, a, it is a, the truth is, a, is it's, it's a class, you know? So I, I, I don't know how else to say it and you can like any muscle, really, you can increase your intuition. And I, I totally think that that is something that can be taught. It just caught, it really caught me. Um, the but irony. What I want to say is that I really feel like there is a part of me that could really get into that life of being like a woo healer, spiritual person, you know, you want to know. Okay. So, you know, how I listen to like these science podcasts, or whatever I was listening to a different one diary of a CEO. And it's like this, like self-made millionaire. Who's like basically Trevor Noah, but deep, mm-hmm. I guess Trevor Noah is deep. Right. But like deep, deeper. Right. Um, and, uh, he was saying how his, his partner, you know, um, he met doing a breath work class somewhere. And I was like, I need to be a breathwork teacher. This is what, like, you're like, I'm like, that's how you get a hotter, younger, richer Trevor Noah. Like, <laughs> well, the, the thing is that, like, I, I actually looked into, like, taking sound bath classes on how to, how to be a, a sound bath. Um, Your accent, by the way, for a sound bath class, <laughs> Kendra. <laughs> now take your balls. <laughs> don't you think hear that ringing don't think about don't be thinking about your mother or your father right now all right i want everyone to just relax um but anyways it really is like a, a little thing that i'm like ooh, I, I don't see that as too too far out of my wheelhouse of things that i might want to investigate further i bring that up only because i wanted to ask do you ever think about other careers that you would, if you weren't doing like comedy and producing and stuff like that, what, is there something else that you'd be like, I, I, I think that sounds like a really interesting job. Yeah. You know, like philanthropist, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I would just love to have 
unlimited resources and just sort of like help the issues that I think need, like, I think I know how life should be run. Wouldn't it be great if I could just run life? You know, like this is the lofty way I what think would, of what I would do with my time. But like would, if I won the lottery or something. Is there one it like right off the top of your head, what would be the first issue that you think you would address? Um, I think I would, I would love to start um, free mindfulness courses to teens to children and teens. I think like there's a lot of distraction right now. And it's like, I think that's something that people don't teach you as a kid that could really like, you know, I think kids are so angry or isolated. And I think it could help with both issues. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Just non-religious, just check in with yourself. Fucking shit. Listen, you know, when I'm, you know, I have plans to um, magically be wealthy in the next two years. Um, I, inshallah. It has a lot to do with my, um, wait, is that a, what, what does that mean? That's a, a Muslim term for like, <laughs> you know, with God's will, it'll happen type of a. Oh, I like that. Say it yeah. again. Inshallah. Inshallah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to get a t-shirt w- with that on that. Yeah. And uh, when I do get my big bucks, uh, I will fund any philanthropy po- project you want. And guess yes. what? And guess what? I won't even ask to see the books. <laughs> I will just trust you. I will just trust you with the cash. Oh, yeah. All that money we'd make from free <laughs> mindfulness classes to teens. Yeah. I'll be like, did you see that photo of her? She was out to that very expensive restaurant. Yeah. Um, um if i were rich i would definitely spend money on fancy restaurants i can't imagine oh yeah i mean i like to think i would be pretty similar to what i am now Mm -hmm. um but i really don't know how a lot of money would affect me you know i don't know if i would have sure you know maybe it'd be a lot easier for me to express the anger towards the lady who can't get my prescription called in right you know I oh know. yeah you'd become a karen in no time yeah i hope not but no they could, i could see how that could happen to people you know i don't think so they say they say uh, money does not change you no. it just shows people you who you are ah. no listen to this listen to this philanthropist obia so yeah mm. All right. Well, um, listen, this has been really fun. That's I, it. We did I, it. I know, we did it. I kind of wish with the, you know, we, I could go on and on, but you know, I know you have. Did I, t- did you get to talk about everything you wanted to? I know I pulled the conversation away. Um, I think so. I'm sure okay. I'll walk away and say, oh, I forgot to ask that one thing. But um, I mean, for me, uh, I think it was very, I like hearing about, you know, people when they were young and how they got into how they became oh well I guess the one question that I didn't get to ask you is when is the first time you went up on stage as a stand-up comedian do you know yeah I do it was another situation where um I was I got an opportunity I wasn't ready for ah I there was I was in well wait can I just say you were I just want to reframe that because you were ready for this special but yes 15 anyway. years and four days. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Oh, really? Is that what it was? No, no. Like, um, I've been doing this for 15 years, but I had four days to. Oh, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Synthesize that. Synthesize ah, that. Um, right, right, right. But I was, uh, 
I was doing improv in college, which is not even remotely the same thing. I think we all know. And, um, some producer in LA reached out to me and was like, we're making a reality show about stand-up comics. Can you audition for it? And I was like, yeah. So, and I had like a, I don't know, a week maybe or something to like write my first stand-up act and perform at like this place. It was called Mixed Nuts in South Central LA. You know, the whole audience was black. At this point, I'd been raised in Scottsdale and I went to UC Irvine. I'd met like I'd had like maybe 10 meaningful conversations with a back black person in my life. You know what I mean? So like, which is not, not to say I was like intimidated, but like the connection was like, yeah, there was like a wide cultural gap. I, I sort of, um, and I bombed ter- terribly, of course. Uh, I think I got one laugh right out, out the gate being like commenting on how bizarre this situation was that this right. little white girl was there, but, right. um, and so then did you then pursue it or did you take, you were like, I don't want to do that again. No. Yeah. I didn't do it again for years. Yeah. And when yeah. you did it, did you just, when you went back to it, did you just go, fuck it, I'm going to go to an open mic or did you take a class or work? Like, no, I, I went, I graduated college. I took more improv classes. I never went back to stand up until I moved to New York. And then I didn't start stand up until after I'd already been in New York for almost a year. No. Oh. And did you just go to an open mic or what'd you do? Yeah, I was taking improv classes and a friend of mine in, I met in the class was doing open mics and she brought me. Ah, and where, do you know where, do you remember where it was? Yeah, it was, um, New York comedy club, the 23rd, 24th street location. Yeah. My gosh. But it was like, it was different then. Yeah. I remember the old, the old one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was owned by different people. Yeah, it may have been. And um, it was like this tiny little room and like some of the, like, it wasn't like open mics now, you know, it was like old men who'd been failing for years with the same shitty jokes. And they're like, you know, like it, and maybe that's always what it's like at the clubs, but now like there's so many open mics for young hip kids to just like, I don't think that even existed the same way when I started, maybe not when you started either. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I in the, the, Funny thing is, is that now I feel like you can literally find an open mic. You can find an all women open mic. You can find a, you know, queer open mic. You can find whatever you can find different genres of open mics, which is a whole other thing, which means like it clearly is a very oversaturated form of creativity. Yeah. I gotta I, go. I'm going to start singing. That's all there is to it. I'm gonna... Yeah. N- there aren't any people trying to be singers right now. This is a good time. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll be a singer and. Uh, Do you in, sing? Do you sing, a, Kendra? Intuitive. Intuitive. Um, I've, I've never sung in public in my life. <laughs> no. I would love to. I, I really feel like I sometimes. Not I, even karaoke? Yeah. Sorry. I've done karaoke. I have done karaoke, but I mean, I've never performed. I've never sung. I've never presented myself in public as a serious singer, you know, like I've never been like, oh, I'm going to sing in this play or I'm going to just go out and whatever. But I caroling when I I think that um, it's a really. I, I every year I put it on my thing, take singing lessons, take singing. lessons. Really? Oh, do it. Yeah. 
I mean, I've taken, I have taken singing lessons. Like I'll take like three lessons and then I don't do it. Um, but one on my bucket list is to sing. Uh, I want to be able to sing rock and roll. Yeah. And is is there a song that you particularly want to sing? Well, one of the songs that I wanted to learn to sing, um, was this song called, uh, all I really want is money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of that song? Now it, I'm totally is it like is it. it like that weird like kind of like robotic song? <laughs> Wait, I, really see, I, th- I don't think I'm thinking of the right song. Um, it's his name. The guy's name is Alex Chilton. Um, wait, let me see. Can I do this? Can you hear it? No. Are you can't? No. I'll look it up. Listen. Uh, fuck, it. fuck it. I'll put it. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. we're not here to talk about me anyway. We're here to talk about you. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. Last okay. question. This will really be the last question. Okay. Have you ever had a nickname? I've had a number of nicknames. Oh, really? Yeah. What's- what what do you have a favorite? Um, I I mean the most common was Foxy. I was gonna go with that, yeah. And I got I had a little that. little fox. This is my sister was big fox. Um, I love. It. I mean, it's such a prime name for 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 nicknames. Yeah, they used I to call it. they used to call the my pussy the foxhole, which is pretty good. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Who's they? Was, you're like they used to call it like there was my, a whole... my college friends oh okay <laughs> yeah all right as long as it wasn't like a group of guys that all had sex with you who were sitting around going yeah it's my college friend <laughs> foxhole therapy yeah <laughs> for all of those who've been there and back all right listen thank you so much so great seeing you i hope i get to see you uh more this summer i know we haven't seen much of each other since the pandemic but i always love uh seeing you yeah me too yeah so thank you and uh wait don't leave i'm gonna end the recording okay okay thank you i like to say bye say bye i like to say bye separately fake bye Say bye. <laughs>